All right, Swear Academics, welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. I am here with one of my fellow Jamaican brethren, uh, somebody who I'm very interested in, not only because his music is amazing, but because I do believe that we're entering a new era of music where it's not only about listening to regional type of music. I think music is completely gone global, where I, I literally have watched people, you know, um, adopt to new sounds and new genres that they might not be familiar with. And I've never seen more of a time where the casual fan, like for example, the American fan is willing to give an ear to something that might be not in their native tongue um, until now. You know, the U.S. is a very snobby audience, but I think these days, you know, uh, they they just love great music. And um, while we're speaking of great music, I got to introduce you guys to my guests. You know, uh, hailing on the way from Jamaica, we have Protégé in the building. What up, bro? Yeah, man. Enough respect, man. We're there, man. Give thanks. Hey, um, some people may or may not be familiar with you. Um, One of the latest things people, like, you know, your name came up on an international stage recently because clearly you were you, you were nominated for uh, um the Reggae Grammy album yeah. here. And yeah. um, you have been someone that people have just universally respected of waving that flag for reggae like give us a little bit of, of your start for the people who might not know too much about you yeah man crazy well I, I i came out i did my first album 2011 i had like a a global hit on it um with um kimani marley you know it went up to over 100 million views and um that was big for me because it put me on like a global scale and then I just started to, to drop albums from then. And I had one of the biggest reggae songs of the decade, a song called Who Knows with Me and Chronics. Who, me and Chronics are like, you know, came up basically together and like people always, you know, mention one or the other. So it's like, that song was a big song for us. It was one of the biggest played songs in um, UK and Europe as well. And in America it did well. So I've just been consistently putting out albums and um, making, um strides in the american market where i had a song with wiz khalifa on my last album album before my last one called a vibe and um just recently did with georgia smith for this project so i've been able to to, to do music that you know encompasses my indigenous sound of being jamaican but at the same time i really grew up on hip-hop music more than anything so that's what really kind of gave me and a way to to make reggae music but still make it sound like it has a blend of 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 the rest of the world in it to an extent, you know. Yeah, you mentioned so that's kind of interesting, right? Like I always tell people. So I grew up in Jamaica until I was about eleven. I moved over here, right? And hip hop, I knew a few hip hop artists because back then it wasn't that accessible where you're just only listening to hip hop. You're listening to what's around you. So yeah. I knew I knew some hip hop, but you look like you kind of you were in touch with or like in tune with a lot of like the hip-hop sounds, whether it's Wu-Tang or other people, like, you, you were definitely, like, up to date with what's, what was going on. No, bro, I'm, like, a proper hip-hop head. Like, that's why I know that. Like, I, I studied it. I see the sounds develop, and that was the whole thing. Even when I was producing, I was, like, I love what Just Blaze and Kanye West are doing to, like, old samples from 70s and 80s R&B. I'm, like, Maybe I can chop up stuff and I see they have MPC 2000 XL. All right, let me get that. Let me see if I can chop up some old reggae sounds, but give it an update almost in the same way they were doing it. So that's what my sound kind of came out about and still to this day it came out uh, 
um, the inspiration, being inspired by like hip hop producers and then finding a way to incorporate their, you know, kind of method into reggae music, but keep it natural to me because I didn't want to be like trying to be a hip hop artist, even though when I was 10 years old, that's why I wanted to be a, be a rapper, you know what I mean? But then I, I, as I grew older, I was like, you know, I need to do something that's authentic to me. And that's why I just um, do the music I do, you know? Yeah, it's, you you know, there's actually a cross-section between, like, Caribbean music and hip-hop. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize till I got older that even some um, Caribbean music were, like, not saying covers, but, but, but they were inspired by some of, like, you know, some, like, Tupac's music. Or, you know, sometimes it might have been, like, a verse or a little hook by Nas or something like that. And yeah. it kind of it's kind of dope when you you see that cross section of, you know, where hip hop kind of meets like culture because to me reggae music and I want to I want to hear your definition of what reggae music is to you because to me it, it, it's it would be music just more about the soul and the feeling more than it would just be about just saying things you know what I mean yeah for sure I mean reggae music is like it's like you know the consciousness that awaits you know in terms of like in terms of music, you know what I mean? I think, you know, reggae music reminds me of like, in terms of message and energy, it's like um, public enemy, you know? It's like it's like that era of hip hop where it's like, it's very um, African conscious. and um, But at the same time, reggae music deals with love. Reggae music deals with, um, you know, upliftment. And, you know, it also deals with, you know, enjoying yourself, living your life. And then obviously with, with the generation of my generation that's been inspired again, as I say, a lot by hip hop, you know, it has a lot of, um, you know what I mean? Like, like more like, you know, focus on like lyrical and like, you know what I mean? Constructing dope bars too and the artistry of all of that. But then at the same time, it, it's dope and it keeps like a, an upfulness because um, I think that's the base of what the music is. So I, I was reading a few fun facts about you. I was shocked. To, to, to hear that, like, one of your favorite producers is Alchemist. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alchemist crazy. You know, like, you know, because there's a particular style of, like, hip-hop that people are used to. Like, so, it, what you're kind of getting into some of the inspirations you're, you're kind of drawing from, you know, other genres, but, like, why Alchemist? Just the way how his loops went and, like, the, the, the drums that he did and the soulfulness in, in, in what it had, like, because, like, I was a huge RZA fan, you know what I mean? So it's, like, kind of in the vein of what RZA did. And um, even though when I was in New York last time, I met up with Daringer because I was like, bro, I love the stuff that he was doing on the Griselda records. And I was like, I kind of love that song. It's, I just, I don't know, that's just the, the stuff I really love and you know, producers like Just Blaze was really big. Obviously, Kanye was like, to me, like, you know, so that's it. I love hip hop music, but not just the hip hop music. That's going to be the big commercial stuff, just all of the sounds of it, you know. But yeah, so Alchemist was uh, one of my favorite producers coming up. Yeah, no, of course. And I can see why, like, you know, it's probably very natural for, for like, you know, because again, you've done collabs, you know, you've obviously done collabs, Georgia Smith and and, you know, obviously you talked about the song with Wiz. You're not uncomfortable in that world of kind of blending or kind of mixing genres then. No, no, it's just music, man. It's just good, great music. You know what I mean? 
Like, like when you listen to Bob Marley's music, when you listen to Exodus, when he was making Exodus, everybody was saying that, yo, this isn't authentic, but he was experimenting and what came out of it is probably the one of the most authentic records of all time. So it's like, it's all about music. And, and uh, like when, when I'm vibing with a musician, like say I vibing with Kelsey from Free Nationals, like Anderson Pack's band, like I'm not thinking about, oh, that bass line needs to be, it's just like we're vibing and when the music comes out, it comes out. So I'm very natural in, in those situations and I'm very open to experiment with sound. Mm. And, I, and um, I, I don't let anybody, um, even though I regard myself a reggae artist, like I feel like I'm even changing the boundaries, myself, Chronics, um, Cafe, Lila, changing the boundaries of what reggae music is even seen as. So when you hear my song, I have a, one of the biggest songs last two years, me and Popcorn had a big song called like Royalty. And when you hear that song, it challenges you. When you go hear that, you may be like, yo, this is not, this is not the reggae women used to from 2005, but it still has the elements that I think makes it, that makes it reggae music. Mm. As you speak about having the elements and like, um, you know, experimenting and probably, you know, expanding the genre a bit, I wonder, and hopefully you'll be honest, you can speak about this, because I feel like when it, when it comes to rap, the Grammys get a lot of flack about, you know, not really awarding the, the, the true people who the culture sees as um, the representatives for dropping the right projects. Mm -hmm. I feel like when it, it, uh, the, the reggae Grammy has <laughs> just never really went to the people who have been doing it on an authentic level um, and just to call it a spade a spade, I feel like they've been outsourcing the award, bro. You get what I mean? And almost at the point where you be nominated is like the win because it's like, okay, at least they acknowledge it. You know what I mean? But they notoriously haven't gotten it right. I do know that this award matters because, you know, you know, for we Jamaican folks, you know, to get, um, you know, like certain things like with mobile wars or even like obviously the Grammys, you want to get recognized in an international uh, um, stage. When you get the uh, word that your album is nominated, are you thinking I'm going to win? Or are you thinking, all right, man, at least they nominate me? I'm thinking I'm, um, I'm grateful to be nominated because just to be nominated, it's, it's some form of recognition. It's my second nomination. When I got my first one, like my aunts were like, wow, he's, He's really doing good, you know, but I've been doing good. But it's like when when they see the, the Grammys, like even the, the casual fan mostly is like, wow, OK, something's happening. You know, when you're in the industry, you kind of know that it's not really a thing that it's not it, it doesn't necessarily is a sure thing that be like, OK, without it, you're not validated. You kind of know, yo, I'm doing good. I'm doing the shows. I'm getting the respect. But the Grammy doesn't get it sometimes. I feel that they have been making strides in our category to be fair, that they've been getting it more and more correct. So I have to kind of acknowledge that at the same time. Every now and then they throw like a wicked curveball in there and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but um, this year wasn't a bad year. You know, Kabaka won. He's a friend of mine. He's deserving. He, his album was very dope. Um, I was nominated. Coffee was nominated. So you know, three you know new generation. Because there was a time where it looked like 
you will see the nominations and you'll be like, Yo, are they listening to the same music as us? Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. But I think as more Jamaicans become aware and join the Grammy committee and they have a vote as well, it will it'll be more different. So anytime you see something progressing, you at least have to acknowledge it and say, okay, we're kind of moving, but let's, let's let, 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 let them see. Let me see what they do two years in a row because if they do two years in a row that's good and relevant, then we can maybe say something because I've seen them do one year, it works out, and the other year, you're like, what's happening? So hopefully, you can get a run of um, it happening. Mm. Yeah, no, of course. And, you know, obviously, you know, congratulations on even being nominated. Hey, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this statement. I want you to react to it. Because I, I was having a argument, I'll call it a discussion with a friend. And um, I was left as, as the Jamaican in the room to kind of defend reggae. And this is what they said to me. They said... Afrobeat spreading yeah. and its dominance worldwide and its acceptance right now mm-hmm. is what reggae should have been getting 10 years ago, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. Where we're watching, like, I literally just watched Burner Boy go to every Caribbean island, goes to Dublin, and he's doing like, he's doing like stadiums. You get what I mean? And I, I literally, Again, I'm in the United States where, where people are really pompous when it comes to their listening. Like, they don't like to listen to anything with an accent. That's why UK rappers never really popped off here. They don't yeah. like nothing with an accent. Now, they're bumping Burner Boy like, like it's, it's, it's like the guy from down the block. Mm-hmm. So when I listen to that, and even if you listen to, like, Burner Boy's music, it, it's just cultural, great music. Of course, has Afrobeat in it. You know, he has his, you know, uh, his Nigerian roots and culture infused into it. But when you think about reggae, that's exactly what that is, too. Why do you think that reggae hasn't, you know, and, and not saying, you know, it, it's a failure because obviously you you still tour all over the world. But why do you think it hasn't been accepted um, as rapidly as we're watching with Afrobeats now? Okay, well, I, I'm going to assume when you say reggae, you're, you're meaning reggae and dancehall, right? Yeah, well, I would... <laughs> I'm gonna because dancehall is the more dancehall is the one that was more in the clubs like dancehall is Shabarangs and Sean Paul and all of that stuff that blew up internationally, while reggae is a bit more. Well, if, well, if you look at like say Burner Boy, right? Like most of the songs that's popping off for him, I wouldn't. I I would say they're more records that not. It's not even for the club. It's more like soulful records. So that's what I'm saying. I think it's a healthy mixture. It's a healthy mixture. And I think um, I think reggae and dancehall, in it, in essence, is a healthy mixture of each other as well when it's done in a way. I think there, there are many, many, many reasons to discuss, you know, I guess why um, Afrobeat is where it's at. I, like, I'm very proud of where our music, you know, we're from an island that has 3 million people, you know what I mean? Like, like, not, like Africa, Nigeria, their fan base, it's, 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 it's 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 60 70 million people building a fan base so that alone can help to boost a music to a level just indigenously without even america coming on board because afrobeat has been building steadily for a, a bunch of years you know what i mean and we see it explode and i'm proud of the music i think once music once America is accept is being accepting, and, and as you said, it's in probably the most accepting it has been of international music now. I think that's also very good for Jamaican music and reggae music and dancehall. And I think things happen in stages, you know. I'm very hopeful that 
with this wave of artists that are coming out. You see Popcorn International, Skilly Bang, Shensia doing her thing, myself, Cranny Scott. It's like all of the things coming together. And then we as artists, reggae and dancehall, are even coming closer to merging with each other. Because sometimes there was a division where reggae artists here, dancehall artists here, I think right now, a blend is happening. So I would keep my eyes and ear, ears open because I really think that we're in a position now where I think the music is going to grow. And even as you see, Burner Boy was in Jamaica. He has a song with Popcorn. Like, yep. you know, Thames was recording in Jamaica. The other, It's like, it's not far off. And I think that because America is already open to new songs now, I think it's a prime time. Yeah. So, and the reason why I'm also like excited about... um the time we're going into, like, I literally, I'm, I'm watching, think about even like Bad Bunny, even though, you know, you made a great point. When it comes to, say, Afrobeat, right? Like, most Afrobeat artists are coming out of Nigeria. I don't even know how many people are in Nigeria, but, but it's definitely way more than Jamaica, right? Mm -hmm. And But I look at, like, say, Bad Bunny or Anwell coming out of, like, Puerto Rico, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, even some of these artists that, that are in the Dominican yeah. Republic, and mm -hmm. they're coming from these small islands, and they're now they're doing these huge global tours 100%, with the music. 100%. Yeah, man. So, so there's not one factor, as I say. I can't say it's because it's us. You know what I mean? Because as a, as an island, Jamaica has one of the biggest influences globally. In 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 every everywhere you go in other world, somebody knows something about Jamaica. You know what I mean? Like Bob Marley was from here. And look what he did globally. So it's not just like I'm saying size, but I'm just saying there's so many factors. But at the same time, I I never speak negatively on Jamaican music. You know what I mean? It's it's always something positive that's happening. I I choose to highlight that, and I'm very feeling very confident in which part of the music. Then I'm seeing the success happening now. You know? Yeah. What I was thinking about it, I was like, is it is it happening now? Where I'm seeing these other genres kind of like they're becoming so much more global is it is it that jamaican music whether it's dance definitely dancehall but you know because usually reggae is a little bit more palatable to some people but it, it is it too raw and authentic is it is, is it the accent too like what I, I maybe i'm just thinking about it too much I'm, I'm like what is it that you know when i listen to some of these artists and i'm like yo, this is the yo this had a body song in the world like why doesn't that spread as much as another genre i guess that you know yeah yeah yeah. well you know if we had all the answers then it would be like sorted out for sure but as i say you know like there's definitely like points of it happening and um i'm hopeful to see you know shensi as an album is working on i'm hopeful to see how that does there's enough things happening this year that i feel skilly bang also just signed to RCA, uh, Massacre, to Def Jam. There's enough things happening now that we'll be able to see in the next coming months, you know, what the impact will be. Yeah, I remember back, I'm wondering how those things are going to impact it, even on the label side of it, right? So, for example, I just remember, like, back in the day, and, like, even just how how music was coming out of, like, say, Jamaica, right? And, and, and I guess probably more prominent on the, on the dancehall side of things, you would hear just a one rhythm with like a bunch of artists and artists didn't release singles, right? You'd have like Virgin Records go down there and basically just buy up a bunch of rhythms. And it would basically, everybody has the voice for these like particular rhythms to be heard. So it kind of probably stunted the growth of an artist who probably wanted to put out like, oh, here's my single. You got, yeah. you, you got to be able to fit in the juggling. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
now that's changed though. You know what I mean? People are putting out just singles now. It's different. It's different. And then, you know, when like my era was basically the start of that. Like we kind of started, like I was, when I put out my first song, my mom who manages me, she's like, all right, who we're going to voice on these, on this rhythm. And I'm like, no, I'm putting it out solo. And she's like, are you crazy? Like, really? You have, she's like, she's, she was like, are you crazy? You have to get some other people upon the rhythm. Like you have to get some other people. And I'm like, no, I'm kind of want it sound original. And, I, and people started to do that, and obviously it, it 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 spawned creativity and originality. But enough people still be like, "Yo, we miss the juggling. Like, we want to hear you and Chronics and Leela and Popcorn on one juggling because we're used to that." So again, bro, is like trying to find the the right mix in everything, and um, yeah, that's the that's the that's the challenge. Yeah, um, it's how uh, how have you seen like you know traveling around the world and I, i'm always surprised when i see like countries that are sometimes just not even they're not known for having uh um many people of color right so say you go to like where there's like japan or other places you know what i mean or you go to like ireland or somewhere in europe where there's not a lot of black people but they embrace the music um does that ever trip you out yeah 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 when i just started touring i was like i don't understand this shit i'm like I'm like, where did this person in Slovenia, like, why are they getting done with, with this? You know what I mean? Yeah. The wildest thing. And that's the thing with reggae music now, you see? Reggae music has a built-in touring, touring um, route. So if you, if you just resonate at, at a medium level in reggae music, you have a whole set of countries in Europe, you have a whole 30, 40 reggae festivals that you can go and tour. So that it has like a ready-made route for you to start your career. So once I got my first hit song, I was gone on tour immediately. Mm. I feel like in America, you probably have to build up your fan base to a level before you can even tour America alone. But like if you're an artist in Atlanta, for you to even get to California, you need to build up this, this, this base where in in reggae music, it's always like, bro, if you're, once you start out and get a song that people know, you're going to go in that stream and you're in, you're in Spain, Portugal, Netherlands, in the whole Europe, as I said, Japan, Australia, New Zealand. So it, it, it's, it's really dope as an artist to be able to just immediately be, uh, and then when you're at my level now, where like I am at, like it's, it's a matter of me feeling like, all right, I don't want to do that many shows this year, all right. I don't want to, you know, do that. Even in California, I can do 14, 14 um, venues in California. And, you know, that's how it is. So it's crazy. I tour with some reggae bands. I've toured with some reggae bands from California. They call them the Cali reggae bands. And when I tour with them, I, I opened for, for one band in San Diego. And they were playing for 13,000 people, bro. And I was like, What? Wow. Them might not have no song on American radio, but them still up there. I play Santa Barbara Bowl, 8,000 people. Red Rocks Amphitheater, 9,000 people. And I'm like, this is in America. So it's like, America like 50 different countries. You know? That is true. America hey, like 50 different countries, brother. Like me, me, you will be in Atlanta and it has nothing to do with North Carolina. Nothing. So it's like, it's like America is such a difficult market to crack because it's like, 
Even if you make some impact over here somewhere, nobody there knows about you. So it's like, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah, because I can't even tell what engine is kind of promoting that, that you would be showing up to that event where, where there's no song on the radio, but there's 13,000 people there. Like, that just sounds crazy. It's wild. It's wild, man. It's facts too, you know? Hey, uh, speaking of like, you know, shows and everything, um, you, th you threw like an event recently, right? Um, um, you threw your event, which I heard was just massive. Lost in Time Festival, bro. It, it, it's my first festival I've had. Um, it was 10 artists. It, it was amazing. It got great reviews, like universally, like one of the best live shows in Jamaican history. Like I'm very grateful and I'm hoping to build and I'm hoping to build on it next year and gradually be bringing artists from internationally forward and, um, and, and be here. I'm just trying to build a culture. I also have a studio up in Irish town. That's where I'm at now. Super dope studio. Like Masego has been here to record like Pasalu. Like it's, um, really coming together dope. Cause I'm just trying to make sure that you know, even artists come to Jamaica and in Kingston and want a dope studio to come to is like, that's up in the mountains and very, it's like, just imagine recording in a Jamaica up in a, some blue mountains is like a different energy. So the festival, the studio, everything is just trying to do some stuff to boost the culture. But the festival was yeah, in the studio. Yeah. But yeah, the festival was crazy, man. Like, um, it, it's, it's really, it's really did well. And as I said, hope to incorporate some international artists as time comes and, um, you know, bring attention to Jamaica in Kingston in February for reggae month. And, um, First one, I couldn't ask for any more support than I got. And oh, I was saying that um, Popcorn came through and performed with me. Really? Chronics came through. Yeah, Chronics came through and it's his first show in three years. So everybody was excited to see him. Idonia came on stage and performed with me. That was crazy. Kimani Marley came through. Lila Ike. I mean, it was really awesome and got lots of support. So I'm very grateful. Yeah, it, it, it feels like you're one of those people, though, that that's more like, you know, sometimes if you're really tapped in with like, and it's mostly the dancehall side of it. When it comes to some parts of Jamaican music, there's a lot of division, right? Where like, you know, this art, like this artist, either this artist or that artist or this yeah. artist only moved by himself. You don't, you don't, yeah. you know, he's not cool to everybody else. It seems like, seems like you have a pretty good relationship with pretty much everybody. Yeah, man, but just deal with people with respect, you know, man, just deal with people with respect. Like, man, I have no time for no division. Like, Jamaica, one of Jamaica's biggest problems, not just musically, it's just always been division. And, you know, obviously it start, starts with a political divide. It's like, you're either this or you're that. And I just don't really... So, for me, with the artist, man, man, I try, man, just try to show everybody love, man, just try to show. And I think a lot of... And I... And I I put on a lot of artists too, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think most people see that and see that I'm, you know, I'm open to sharing whatever light I have. So, you know, them, them give me that respect, you know, popcorn pull up and, 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 and touch stage and hold our vibes with me. And even on stage, he was, you know, took the time to bless me up and be like, bro, like love what you're doing for the culture. And I had to let him know the same thing too. So, you know, it's great when you're respected by your peers. It's something very special. No, of course. It, it, that's definitely, like, you know, uh, amazing. Y your last album, right? Um, Third Time is the Charm. Yeah. The, 
I read that you created that like Hanna around because you know it was probably like pandemic vibes at that point. I heard you did it in your home studio. Like, I, you know, you you mentioned about like you know doing some production this and third. How how intimately are you into the recording process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is at my studio. Basically, these last two albums, I have executive produced them myself. Like I'm a I'm a good producer, but I do have better producers around me. So sometimes I start an idea and then somebody takes it over or or I'm very good at like finishing the songs as well. So a producer is working on it with me and then I'm like, all right, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to add this and and stuff. But I have a good nucleus of producers, you know, Zaya, um, Ayatash, some young producers coming up that um really get my sound. So I'm in there every day. My engineer is there. I'm in there listening to the mixes, making sure. Because I love I love music. I love creating and not just making songs, but finding a sound and a synth or just really searching for sounds. And um, and that's how I like to spend my days. It's very fun. I, where my studio is, bro, if you see my studio, you'd understand, like, you just want to hang out there all day. You know what I mean? Get something good to smoke, go for a jog. You know what I mean? All the vibes is like, it's very conducive to creating. So, and I, I, I have, a, I sleep over there a lot of times because I have a room set up and different room set up. So if I don't feel to go home, home, I'll be staying there for like two weeks and just billing in and like creating. Mm. How did you come up with the name Protege? My, my real name is OJ. So O-J-E. Mm. So one of my friends just thought it would be smart to say, you know, protege since I'm you know, always talking about how I'm always studying music and like try to be very cerebral about it. So they're like, you know, you're always like a student. So it'd be good to put your name protege onto a word that means that, you know. Yeah, that that's what kind of um, I've always thought that about the name. Like when you hear protege, I, I imagine that's somebody who's taken a super hyper-focused and like obsessive approach to the art of music yeah. and improving their art. Yeah, my, so my my artists that like a couple artists that I send, they always say I need to go get a hobby. They're like, yo, go do something else. Like go, go do something else because you're always, but I just, that that's my thing, man. I just love to, to study, love to learn, love to try new things like, and just, you know, that's what keeps my peace, bro. It's just more about what, what keeps me level and chill and uh, music and creating and just trying to innovate, especially even with my show. It's like, you know, because I get to travel and see different festivals. So, you know, you go to festivals and they're like different stages happening at different times. Yeah. Like nobody done that in Jamaica before. So I was like, yo, man, I got to keep something when we have two stages and you know, an artist finished performing and the whole crowd run goes over to the other part. So everybody was like, wow, like we've never seen this. This is so crazy. But just again, getting to travel and see the world is like and come in and innovate in here. I bet you like a couple months from now in Jamaica, you're going to see shows that have two stages, three stages. And, you know, I love to innovate. And that's what really motivates me to, you know. What's, what are some up and downs of the um the business for you? Um, it's it's just the challenges I would say. Um, for me personally, on a personal note, sometimes I just don't wanna 
You know what I mean? Like, we don't want to do the, all the other, like, for example, now, to be an artist, is, there's a lot of content creating, and like, it, it's very social media. It's like, I'm not going to make the transition to TikTok. You know what I mean? Like, Instagram <laughs> is my last, my last app. <laughs> last stand. That's for me too. <laughs> That's my last stand. You know what I mean? And nothing is wrong with it. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that like, I don't want to be a content creator. Like, I want to make music and, and work on my craft. And I find lots of time you have to be like, okay, well, you need to, like, we have to do. Sometimes I don't want to post a picture of, of the night I just had or what I was doing. So it's just battling the, the new. However, it's what got my career going. At the start of Instagram, I was one of the first artists in Jamaica to come up of having dope pictures or content on Instagram but I'm just saying that sometimes putting yourself out there and trying to get some way to get a buzz is not the easiest thing right now but you stretch too too thin like you know I, I see some people they're making content on every different platform then also doing the music and then what happens is sometimes the fans are like well yeah, I like just watching you on TikTok. Like, I, I'm, I'm, it, it, I don't care about the music as much, or I'll only listen to your music when you're dancing to it on TikTok. You get what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But at this stage of my career, it's like six albums in, good fan base. It's like I'm just feeding my fans music and obviously trying to make bigger impact as well, you know, but I feel very comfortable in just being organic and um going about releasing music and trying to collaborate more as well. That's the thing I, I spent, did my last two albums just up in the mountains, as I said. This year now I've been to LA twice already, like linking up with producers there, coming to New York, linking up with people there and just being more inclusive of the music instead of just being sealed off up in the mountains in Jamaica, you know? Yeah, Um. I, I wonder what's your take on like, say like hip hop artists who definitely you know, they're inspired by, you know, the indigenous music from Jamaica, like someone like Khaled, you know, um, Khaled is someone who, for all intents and purposes, there's a lot of Americans that wouldn't have heard, you know, um, heard of certain artists without him, you know, kind of reaching out and saying, hey, listen, get on this album, this and third, you know, obviously yeah. there's a whole situation, I guess, with, with, um, with um, Sizzler or whatever, but um, I'm, I'm wondering, what do you feel like, what do you feel in, in regards to American artists or any artists that might, you know, be like, hey, listen, we want to kind of bridge that gap and kind of collaborate cross culture. Man, that's what it's always been about. But Khalid was in the trenches, you know, bro. Like I, when I was a little youth, I got party at Jamaica. Me see DJ Khalid are playing at some dance. Yeah. Me see him are playing at some dance where I say, where the money I come from? How him find them corner in Jamaica? Me see him play big stage show, fully loaded and flattened the entire, entire, yeah, bro. May I tell you, trust me, ask him, him, him used to play a dance and him, him come play fully loaded. Fully loaded was like the biggest, call it the biggest street dance. It was so big, it's a festival almost, you know what I mean? But it's like the biggest dance. So all of the authentic artists would have been there, Bounty Killer. That's why I saw Bounty Killer like 10 feet away from me singing, looking to my eyes. And Khalid, I play them dance, the brother, and shell down the dance them to mash up the place. So people know, people who the Jamaica would have known said Khalid would have been doing that. And um, him, like, yeah, he's done, like, me see like him and Bojo and 
even Skilly and stuff. He's always incorporating Jamaican music in Washington. He showed a lot of love to Buju, especially when he came out of... Uh, yeah, my 100%. But him know, I, mean, I tell you, him know Buju from them days that when him did Jamaica play dance, you know what I mean? Like bridging the gap is always an important thing. And it's just more and more and more of that, I think, um, will happen. I, I'm working on a project for one of my artists, Leela Aiken. She has a song with a, you know, big, big R&B American artist. So... Me, me, me see them thing they have bridging the gap is always important and when music see like H.E.R. even did a like a reggae song the other day you know Rihanna was rumored to be doing a reggae album it's like I think she did one man I don't know where she tucked it though but she's performing more now yeah man she's doing her thing man like you know but it's like different 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 things like that I see happening and um, I'm not mad at you know people bridging the gap at all that would be dope if, like, you know, Rihanna connected with you on some type of music. That would be lit. That's my, bro, that's my ultimate feature. Yo. That's my ultimate mode. I could have done with music after that, after that feature. That's a lot my ultimate feature, you know? Who would, um like, from people you haven't worked with, obviously there's an impressive list of people you have worked with, but from people you haven't worked with, who who comes to mind, you're like, yo, me and them, like, yo, if we really, like, just catch a vibes in the studio and just make a song like it'd be crazy like my biggest collab if I could ever get to sit in at the studio with Jay-Z that would have been my ultimate like um that would have been my ultimate um person to be in studio with because my that's who I studied and came up with my patterns and flows I think me and Anderson Park would make something dope because I think he's able to He's so versatile. I think that me and him would do something um really dope as well. It, what you and him would do, in my opinion, would 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 have the conversation of people saying, "Is it is it is it like is it um reggae, right?" But but that's the great thing about Anderson Park, right? He lives in this alternative space yeah. where it's raw and authentic. You just can't really. There's no label for it yet because he's he's constantly. He exists among a few different things, which yeah. he's unable to be put in a box. I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, he's definitely an inspiration too. And when I saw his band play live, I was like blown away by that show. Me too. Bro, yeah. we played. I'm we played honest, a, yeah. I was, uh, I didn't like, I remember he was headlining something in yeah. LA. And I'm like, Anderson Pock is headlining it? Because there was another artist that was before him. Yeah. And I was like, I think that artist is bigger. Yeah. So yeah. when he got on stage with that band, and I had to look around. I'm like, oh man, I'm not tapped in, bro. When I was when I was on tour, I was on tour, and um, me and his one of his his bass player and me are like know each other well. So I've met Anderson Park as well too. But when I was on tour, and I was like, when I played the festival, because I played lots of the fe- I played Coachella before. I played like um, you know, I played like like lots of Pemberton. Like you did Roots Picnic before too, right? What? Roots picnic. Roots picnic, yeah. So enough of the times I'll buck up on like American artists. So it's like, cause my band is crazy, right? So that's one of my strong points, my band. So when I buck up on like American artists, a lot of the time I'll be like, yo, like I'm bringing all the heat right now. Cause I'm not known here, but this band is going to blow them away. Right. And I remember when I played and I went around and I saw Anderson Patton play, bro. I was like, yo, I'm going home. I'm doing my homework. Like, me need to add some things because I was just completely blown away by his his music, musicianship and everything. So he's somebody that I would even love to tour with. That's my ultimate tour. 
to like go on tour and open for like Anderson Park would be like my main. It's one of my main bucket list things to do. Mm. Hey, I, I want you to react to this because yo, he was getting hella flack for it, but I think he was right. He just said it wrong, and I think I just think you know American people are sensitive a little bit. So Akon came out, and Akon was trying to say, yo, you know, a lot of people liking like a lot of the African sound and music is that these guys know how to perform it. Like, it's not only good enough you have a good song, you yeah. got to go perform it. He's like, yo, what happens a lot in hip-hop, the dude has the hottest song in the country and shows up with low energy and just walks from left to right, left to right, and, and, and just have the crowd singing the song. There's no performance factor. Yeah, I always remembered, like, you know, and, and I mean, there's all type of... After every stage show in Jamaica... Yeah. All they talk about is who killed it, like which yeah, yeah. Which, which which performer did best, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's already in the culture, or you know, just of like you know a small island like Jamaica, where it's like, yeah, you might have the hottest song, but if you're not a good performer, that's yeah, not getting them forwards, right? Bro, trust me, in Jamaica, in Jamaica, you you can have the biggest career on Friday night. And you go to a big show on Saturday and you don't do good and you're in problems, brother. You, I you know. avoid that because there are certain artists I've liked and I always try to watch. I watch yeah. them on YouTube, right? And then I'll see in the comments where people be like, yo, you flop out. And I'm like, yo, what, what you know, you're, you're a consummate performer, right? Like you're going with the band this and third, which by the way, you know, a lot of artists don't do the band thing because... Yeah. And it's tougher to, to, to really... Times 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, times 10. And just financially, bro, like if when I'm coming to California to do a show, you're talking about 10 plane tickets, 10 hotel rooms, 10 salaries, 10 per diems. It, it's, it's, it's harder than just be like pull up with a DJ, bro, and, and cake. You know what I mean? But again, I, and I, I, I can do a dope um, DJ show as well, but for... You know, big shows, festivals, I'm going on tour, I want the musicians. But like in Jamaica, bro, like you, the, your entire thing is say you need to shell the show, yeah, or else like the people, you understand them in our problem. So that's our, always been my mentality. Even when I'm going, I'm doing a show in America, I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe 70% of this audience don't know me. But I'm going to put on a show, make maybe some of them go home and say, no, I'm going to check out this artist still. I don't really fuck with this music. I, I usually do, but let me let me check out this and see. So that's very important for us as um, live performers. Yeah, yeah, the performance factor. I, I, I really, it's one of my just pet peeves with like hip hop. I'm like, yo, these dudes don't even have backing tracks. Like they just play the actual song. Yeah, no, that's like, why. Actually, when I've been to a show and I saw there's somebody being like, they just play the song and sing over it, I'm like, this is wild because we just <laughs> not understand. Like, we, I would have never seen that in Jamaica. You know what I mean? Like, you would never see that in Jamaica. The, the, you know, the, the, word, the best thing I'm going to go do is have an instrumental and sing the whole song. So when I saw people just, I was shocked. It was a culture shock until I found out, okay, that's what happens in hip-hop sometimes. And then, I, like, I've been on tour and seen, like, Kendrick perform, and, like, he's fully, fully... Yeah, see, he's a different favorite. level. And, and I always wonder why the mid-tier artists don't put as much effort into it, because you're going to put the effort into it, because, you know, you, you just explained, you said, well, they might not, 70% people might not know me, but hopefully some go check me out. Yeah. When you get to that level of, of, of being, like, 
Kendrick Lamar, you want to be an Anderson Pac. Like you literally have you, you can't go up on stage and sing and just sing over over the over the actual song. You no. know what I mean? No, no. Yeah, so, I mean, into that none at all still, you know, because but the thing is too, you know, like this is not just in all type of music. There's a lot of people who can sing the song in studio, but then maybe it's a lot of um what you call it melodyne and lots of editing and lots of things that you can't reproduce it out on a stage you know what i mean so that's a part of it too you know when i'm recording a song i'm trying to make sure that yo i can deliver this on stage the same way because if you can't do that then and like i've been on tour i've seen like travis scott perform to his sets crazy like he's doing a hundred percent like energy on stage and getting involved so there's enough dope dope stuff there does does any um particular you ever had like a bad performance where you're like oh man yo these people not feeling me or something like that <laughs> I, I i remember and everyone probably got one i remember when i remember when um uh tyler the creator brings out drake and obviously they want to see frank ocean and they start booing drake and drake looks like i think he like did a double take like wait y'all catching a boo right now like you know what i mean but it's, it, I think that's natural. You know what I mean? Sometimes you might not know what occurred. It might be a little bit easier for you because since you're doing reggae festivals, they would expect to see you. So it's not like you popping up. It's not like you popping up at like a gangster rap. You know what I mean? Like, no, but I, <laughs> no, man, no, man, no, you mean like I've been in situations that it starts off uncomfortable and then it, because like I play a lot of mainstream festivals in Europe too. So not just reggae, so I'll just play. Like, bro, I played a stage in UK where it was me. Uh, let me tell you the lineup. I opened the main stage, then it was me, um, NERD, Dua Lipa, and Kendrick Lamar. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I mean, I was honored because I was the first reggae artist in 30 years to, like, to get on that stage. But I was like, what the That's fuck? a lot of pressure because I'll be thinking, you know, <laughs> if they listen to NERD and Kendrick, Again, they might not know my stuff. Yeah, it might not, but it went well. Like the worst thing for me was when I went, because my dad is from St. Vincent, another Caribbean island. Yeah. And um, so I'm partly, you know, Vincentian too. And um, I, I went over there to do a show like a couple of years back. I, was, I wasn't, I was like just coming up, like, you know what I mean? Maybe four years in. So doing good, but not there yet. And I went and did a show there, bro. And like that showed us like i was so embarrassed man i was on it's the first i was on stage and i was like i was like i was like skip it. i was like no i have to get to the end of this set i'm like skip those two songs like short? <laughs> i was i was supposed to do like 40 minutes but i don't think i did 15 minutes i was like everybody was looking at me like who the hell is this person like it's the worst <laughs> they didn't know me bro they didn't know nothing and they weren't like trying to get to know me or nothing <laughs> oh, one of those. <laughs> it was awful. I was like, bro. I was like, whoa. I was like, this is all y'all are gonna do me. I was like, yo, it's wild. But it's bro, things like that happen, man. I just shake it off and I'm on to the next one. You know, you can't life can't be perfect. Sometimes you need to be humbled, you know what I mean? So that was like getting humbled. What what makes you feel fulfilled these days? It's a very good question. Thanks for asking me that. I, I, I should ask myself that every day. I think, um, man, I have a daughter. She's five years old. And um, 
I kind of, it's almost like I've rededicated my life to her in a way where just trying to make her happy and um and not only make her happy, but live in a way where I am so hopeful that because they sense your energies, right? So if I'm having a bad day, if I'm miserable, if I'm making my career drag me down, it rubs off on her energy. So she inspires me to be more hopeful and more positive because I want her to be like my dad's uh, happy grateful person and not my dad is always stressed out or always overworked or always you know focused on other things so I think that that makes me fulfilled and you know I see my mother getting older and and I, I still get to spend time with her and travel with her and so it's like family I would think is is making me the most fulfilled music gives me a lot of joy as well but of late it's just you know I had my family out in LA with me at the Grammys and just to see them all in one roof, man, that was just the best feeling ever. So I think that's the type of stuff I try to focus on now and make time for the things that really matter. Last time you cried. And about what? <laughs> a very deep shit. Um, I think... I think after my last show on Saturday, when I, when I, when I saw the turnout, when I saw the people and I saw the joys on the faces when I you know my sister was the director of the festival when I saw her like overcome with emotion just with with everything that was happening it, it made me feel very very grateful and when I'm super grateful it always produced tears because I'm so overwhelmed with joy and appreciation that um that it it, it whether voluntary or involuntary just produces that emotion and and it's like uh, every time my mom, when my mom is there and my mom is like, feels completely, I don't know if gratified is the word, but just completely content in something happening. It just always brings that emotion. And, and just to see the love that is shown to us where reggae music is maybe not the, as I said, dancehall is very much the music of the street. You know what I mean? So when reggae music can come and make an impact like that, and as I say, the camaraderie from all my peers, so look to my left and right and see all my peers there watching me perform and being a part of it. It was, um, Sounds like a great moment, man. You have family around um, yeah. who really matter to you. People yeah. respect you. Everybody's supporting. Everybody is there. I, I, I definitely could see. You it's know, my vibe, man. My daughter is dropping asleep on stage on the drum riser. It's it's crazy, man. It's 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 a vibe, man, and and that's what it's about for me. So that's a vibe, you know. Where do you think um your destiny is in terms of the music and what your impact will, will be? Um, Have you thought about that. You know, sometimes artists don't really they live in the now and they never think about, you know some of the things that they're overcoming that's going to be eventually their legacy or some of the roads that they're paving for other people that's going to be, you know, a little bit easier to travel. I think, I mean, you know, I had a long conversation with Chronics yesterday and he said to me that, like, he he finds that, sorry, excuse me, like, like I'm in a rare position to be like in my prime making music and already be like a legend, like already be somebody that has like broke a lot of other artists, has kept a festival, has had his own label, have a, like a, a, a label deal with RCA, just a lot of groundbreaking stuff. And when I really, I guess when somebody is saying it to me and I look at it, I'm like, 
I kind of see it. And um, I'm grateful for that. And then musically, I just really like to dive more into producing and get into producing songs for artists outside of the genre, but with a flavor of what it is we have. That's my next really big goal to, to, to get more on the production side, which I'm already at, but just more out of my genre, like something with a H.E.R. or a, or a Don Tolliver or just something, a Travis Scott, just something where I can incorporate the music I'm doing, but still show how palatable it is to other music, you know what I mean? So that's one of the big things I want to do to help get the get Jamaican sound out there globally, and not just from an artist's perspective, but from a producer's perspective. When you saw that you were, I think it was like two years ago or a year and a half ago, when you saw that you were on um, Barack Obama's playlist, right? Yeah. And like, yo, he's jamming to your song. You know what I mean? The song you and Coffee, right? Yeah. Um, what was that feeling like? My mom was hyped. My mom was like, because my mom, listen, listen, when Barack Obama was running for, for president the first time, my mom got a phone that she could call voters in different areas in America, bro, right? My mom was like calling 600 people, you know, I'm calling you, calling to tell you about Barack Obama. I'm like, mom, you're not even American. Like you're Jamaican. Like, what are you doing? And she's like, it affects us all. It affects us all. And she's like working. So for when I was on her playlist, you know, I was, I was like, mom, like, see, and she was like super hype. And I guess, um, yeah, man, he's like an iconic figure. So to even know that he's like, on some jet going somewhere, listening to my song, vibing, you know. You know he so. doing that little presidential two-step to, to yeah. the man. <laughs> yeah, one time too, one time Snoop Dogg was on a live and he was like smoking weed, listening to one of my songs. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, it's like crazy. The first, the first, like Snoop Dogg was like one of the first artists to, rappers to like be popular in Jamaica. So I was like, Snoop is smoking, listening to my music. I was hyped for that, man. No, no, that's incredible, man. Yeah. Listen, yo, I, I think you're a huge star in the um, you know, in the reggae market. I think mm. once you once there's some more crossover synergy and collaborations with the hip hop market, I mm. think people will just naturally start embracing the music because I, again, these days I really just feel like music is it, it's completely boundaryless, and yeah. I feel like people will they just need to be exposed to it. Like you know how many you know how many people who told me that they're like yo, like Thames they just got onto Thames because Future sampled her on Wait for You. Now in yeah, reality, yeah. Thames is a huge superstar without yeah. that. You know yeah, what I mean? For like sure, for sure. Thames don't even need Thames don't need that song. Thames is huge, but yeah. his perspective to that to to this American kid right or this American guy, he's like, oh, I just know her from that song. I checked out a couple of her other songs. Yo, yeah. she's really good. Right. Yeah. So it's people are are being introduced and accepting different types of music from different places in the world. And, you know, I think we're truly getting to the age where it's going to be the best music going to rise to the top. You make the best stuff. If you're making music that affects people's soul, that yeah. can alter their mood, touches their heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are the those are the artists and those are the people who are definitely going to. um they're gonna be global icons. That's what it is. Yeah, man. I, man, I feel I feel good about that. You know, open playing field. And as I said, like even just the spending time in America, I was, like, I was in LA for two weeks, and 
in, in like six days met six new people, six different producers that are doing dope stuff. And it's like, it's like, I just know that once we spend more time in the, usually you go to America, you do a show, you go home. Like that formula can't work no more. You have to have billion, go to this event, pop up here, meet with this person, do this. And I feel like once we spend more time there, then I'm pretty confident in it, in it, in it growing. You know what I mean? And even if not right now, maybe five, six years is with the other artists that are coming up in Jamaica. It's just once we have to just set the path and, um, you know, open the gates. If you did not live in Jamaica, name what city, if you're going to name uh, the U.S. or whatever, name what city or what country that when you go there, you're like, like, this is a vibe right here. Like, this is where. I wouldn't mind spending a lot of time at. I love California still. Mm. I love California still. Is it the weather? Um, the weather, the hills. I need hills. So Miami's right down the road from Jamaica, like hour, one hour flight. So, you know, say Miami have like a Jamaica vibe, but it's flat. It now have no mountains. Like I need hills and and mountains. And at the same time, I need like the warmth. So I yeah. like California, <laughs> I like LA, but... You know, maybe like Pasadena or Glendale or kind of outside of LA a little bit. And then, so yeah, New York too. I didn't like New York at first because it was just overwhelming. It was just too much. I was like, I'm like in the city. I'm like, no, too much people like you're bouncing. I'm fucking up where people walking. It's like, but no, New York, like at night, crazy energy. Love it there too. But I don't know if I could live there. Too much city for me. So I think like probably LA side. I hate New York. I, trust me. I hate New York. You're, you're, you're from New York or no? Yeah, well, yeah, well, pretty much I'm in Jersey, right by New York. So, so I have a studio yeah. that's in New York. But you know, I'm going to yeah. tell you, I hate it. Yo, I'm a country boy. I yeah. grew up in Clarendon. You know what I mean? So it's oh, like, I like, I like being close enough to the city, yeah. but far enough removed that you know, I need to have some couple acres and then, like... Yeah, yeah, that's how the vibe, man. That's how the vibe. That's how my I vibe like comes the noise too. Like, one thing I don't like about New York is that even if you, like, in one of them, like, big-ass buildings, them little skyscrapers, and you're on the 60th floor, and say you have an apartment on that floor, you're still hearing the honking of the horns downstairs. Like, like on, like on you still hear there's a noise about it. It's just not... Peaking. Always a siren. Always, yeah, always a siren. Always a siren always something and and to me um maybe not for everybody but but i, I chase peace a little bit at mm -hmm, least mm -hmm. quiet yeah like you're my place now i'm in the open and it's quiet like that's how i like so yeah um my last question yeah. uh, what's the last piece of news you got that made you extremely happy that you could share obviously um hmm, what's that? I, I'm not readily available with the answer. Last piece of news I got. Um is there anything I, I, I think I think maybe when I got nominated, because what happened was it was my sister's birthday, and my dad flew in from St. Vincent, my mom was there. Um it was her birthday, so I was like, I really don't want to not get nominated and, 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 and fuck up the vibe, you know what I mean? So when I got nominated and my mom and dad were there, it, it meant a lot for us to, to be together in that moment. So I would say that was like a, a great like lift up for us all. 
No, that's that's amazing, man. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, I I I appreciate you hopping on here with me for a little bit. Yeah, man. Um, huge fan of yours, and I'm a supporter of anybody that's coming from from you know that little small little rock in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. Great things, you know. I try to remind people. Shoot, I mean, this is the room I usually stream in. I keep that flag right there now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter even if people see me um affect hip hop media and hip hop culture. You know, I remember running barefoot up and down playing cricket in Clarendon. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um that great that great country of Jamaica birthed a lot of people that affected the whole world, man. From Usain Bolt, Bob Marley, you, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, some of the great. So uh I just support Jamaican people. Yeah, 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 man. That's what my when my um when I told my creative director I was doing your stuff, man, like, no man, I'm love Jamaica. I'm always like a rep for Jamaica, man, you know. So yes, man. Right, man. And congrats on your success and all that you've been able to achieve, man. No, of course. You remember come back a yard, I come back a yard um in like two months, but just get my passport. Passport man, like, next year you have to come at a festival then. Yo, 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 yeah, tell man. me if I would if I would, man. Yo, let me tell you this. There's nothing better than a real good vibes reggae festival, man. I'm telling you, it's just yeah, like it, it's I don't know, it, it, it's a feeling you kind of can't explain because it's just there's no negativity, man. It's just like there's good times, yeah, yeah, man. Real talk, all right, man. Oh, the last, thing, oh. oh the, the last thing I always ask because you know, sometimes people watch these uh podcasts and they've never heard a song. If yeah. someone you, you're on your sixth album, right? Six or seven, sixth. Yeah. Right. Um, if a new listener was to search up your music right now, and they need a crash course on yo, I only got time to give three songs to this guy a listen that I could sum up his whole career. Yeah, three songs you gonna tell him to hit first. Um, I'd say I'd say like royalty featuring popcorn. Mm-hmm. I feel. In Bloom, featuring Leela Ike, love that song, and a song called Boat Noon. Those three songs, I would have say. Oh, you, you even named the one with Chronic. Oh, uh, no, who knows? That's my biggest song is Who Knows still, but, um, and one of my favorites too, but those three, I would say like, most like, I don't know. Those are the three I would pick. Yeah, no, that's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah. Um, anything else you have coming up you want to like, you know, shout out or plug? No, nah, you know, send me a forward to you know, America and do like a, um, a vinyl merch, like meet and greet with a special kind of performance thing. So, uh, you know, people can look out for that, you know, in America this year, you know, cause people been requesting for the vinyl. So I'm going to do like some nice 300 to 500 venue stuff where, very intimate and where I can talk and reason and, you know, sign vinyls and stuff like that. So I'm going to do that so people can look out for that. Oh, I'm, a, I'm an artist, Leela Ike album to hopefully this year with some good features with some American artists. So should be a vibe. That sounds amazing too. It's kind of interesting how the vinyl market is. is yeah, man. You make good music, they want it on, on vinyl. Like it's, yeah. it's, 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 like it's art. It's a big thing. It's a big, big part of, of the music, especially with our music. So always investing in that. And from it, you know, from you see, from my, when I see Taylor Swift sold 400,000 vinyl, I was like, oh shit, all right, it's happening now. You know what I mean? Like if 
an artist of that caliber in that pop market is vinyl is going like that, then for all of us, it means that it's going to go like that. So, yeah, you know, it's important that you make that a part of the rollout. But um, um, listen, I'm excited for whenever that happens. And whenever it happens, if you're in New York, please hit me up, man. I definitely want to come out and, you know, catch a show or, or we can just kick it and vibe. All right. No respect, my G. Bless up yourself. Bless up, my guy. All right. Love.